Hello there. Welcome to the How to Market Your Horse Business podcast. I'm so glad you're here. My name is Denise Alvarez, and I get the opportunity to serve here as your host. And I also get the opportunity to serve horse business owners through my business, Storm Lily Marketing. So I will briefly tell you a bit about that just in case we're new friends, and then we will jump into the podcast. So with Storm Lily Marketing, I get to help horse business owners like you to convert your website visitors into your customers. I do that through coaching, through website design and website content, as well as email marketing. And I also have a membership called Social Stride, where I help you to DIY your social media content and make it engaging and have to actually promote your horse business. Because here's the thing, I get that marketing isn't that exciting for everybody. And I get that you might be here listening to this podcast because you're a business owner who cares about building a sustainable horse business, but you're not overly thrilled, or you maybe just want a little bit of help. So that's why I'm here. I want to give you some step-by-step strategies and some basic how-tos to help you not only see what's possible for your business, but even to be able to guide you through that process so that you can make it happen. So that's what we do here on the podcast each week, and I truly am glad you're joining me. I have a friend joining as well. So this week, we have a guest on the podcast. Her name is Kara Taylor Swift, and you are going to love her. I know that I did, but before we get into that interview, I want to share a little bit about Kara and why I've invited her here today. So Kara is a photographer first. She has a business called Fast Horse Photography, which I, of course, will link to on the show notes at stormlily.com slash 39. And she's very talented in her own right there. And then Kara also is a podcast host as well. So she has the Business Animal Podcast with Kimberly Beer. And I actually had the privilege of being a guest on their podcast a couple of weeks ago. And so if you haven't listened to that, I shared a bit about it on social media, but I will be sure to link to that in the show notes as well. It was a really great conversation about websites. And I think you'll enjoy not only what I had to share, but also just the conversation and insights from Kimberly and Kara as well. So as a part of that conversation, I also invited Kara to come onto my podcast and talk specifically about something that she is passionate about, which is creating great marketing images. And so she's actually going to talk about what makes a perfect marketing image and some of the things that she has experienced. So Kara not only takes pictures of horses, but she also does some product photography. And so she has some really great insights to share. I love how she breaks things down. You all know that I love step-by-step strategies and basic how-tos, like I said, and Kara is really good about breaking things down. So she's not just going to talk about pictures, but she's going to tell you some specific things that you can do, some specific things that you can watch for as you are crafting your marketing images and taking pictures for your website, for your social media, for your advertisements, all of those things. So Buckle up, you are going to learn so much in this episode, and of course, I will have a summary over on the show notes at stormlily.com slash 39, so be sure to jump over there as well, but for now, enjoy this interview with Kara Taylor Swift. Hey, Kara, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I really am so glad that you're here. Thank you. I'm so happy to be joining you as well. I really have enjoyed listening to um, several episodes from your podcast. So it's nice to be here today. 
Oh, thank you so much. Well, it is always fun to talk to a fellow podcaster too, because I know that you have a passion for serving business owners. And so I really appreciate that you are here to share some of the things that you're passionate about. And so before we get into that, though, I would love for you to share just a little bit more about yourself and your background, maybe how you became a horse photographer that's focused on serving local equestrians through equine and equestrian portraits. And then now you're building up services for businesses also. I would love to share that. So I think my story is probably similar to a lot of equine-based business owners out there. The horses came first. Um, I was lucky in that I got to spend my childhood around horses um, pretty much 100% of the time. Uh, I went to college and that's when I picked up the camera for the first time. So as a photographer, I was just really learning about photography. I took some classes with no serious intention of ever doing anything with photography professionally. I was really just what I like to call an enthusiastic hobbyist. So um, many years into my career, I was working, um, running multiple domestic violence shelters here in Florida, um, working with victims of domestic and sexual violence. And I did that for, I think, approximately 12 years until the birth of my son. And one of the things I realized when I had my son is that the stories of childhood trauma um, were were something that I just couldn't put it down anymore. It wasn't something mm. I could leave um, in the office and come home and be a mom. And I was starting to experience some burnout from that. And I was also traveling three, four days a week, um, which was leaving my husband, who also works full time and runs um, a business Um, home with our young child. So I knew something had to change. So I left um, my job and I was home. I made it about two weeks before I was going absolutely insane. (laughs) Um, Not from being the mom part full-time, but from the not having my own business, my own thing. I've been a worker since, you know, the earliest days of being able to work, I was a worker. So for me, I needed to do something. And so in order to kind of fill my time, I picked up my camera again and um, photographed my my son. I photographed everything that was around me. And one of the things I learned real quick was that I had really zero desire to photograph anything besides horses and their people. And what that meant for me when I thought about starting my business, I was at this weird place where I had to choose, you know, and I have family and friends around me saying, you've got to photograph weddings, you've got to photograph anything you can get your hands on if you're going to be successful. And I couldn't wrap myself around that. The thought of photographing a wedding or, um, you know, a family reunion was just something I couldn't do. And I tested it out. I went and photographed a huge family reunion and I was like, no way. So I came home, broke it to my family that I'm going to become a horse photographer. And much to their dismay, um, they they were really having a hard time with it. I'm like, I can make it happen. I can make it happen. And what I learned is that by niching down, I found my people. You know, I found my network. I found my people. I found my ideal clients. And it's been gung-ho ever since. Okay. So much of that. I just (laughs) love that. So meaty. We could have a podcast on some of just those things. And I actually did a few weeks ago, maybe a little over a month ago, have a podcast about niching down Yeah, Uh, because what you said is there's something different about it. You know exactly who you're for. They know if you are for them and plus you're doing something you're passionate and excited about. So that's, that's awesome. I'm so, I'm so happy to hear that part of your story. That's really cool. So, so how long ago was that now? Um, I have had fast horse photography um, for, I think we're going on our seventh year. 
So okay. yeah, um, that's probably right around the time that I said, that's it. I'm focusing strictly on horses. So it's been, I think I'm going on my seventh year. So not as long as so many others um, in the industry, but it has been um, just just growth, growth, growth throughout. And I've learned so much from some of the amazing um, equine photographers in the industry that as mentors. There are some really neat ones in the industry. I think it's been really neat to to meet so many of you all and to see how it's all interconnected. And I feel like you guys have a community or at least one is budding, you know, like it feels like there's just a community of equine photographers that are really supporting each other. And I think that's really cool. Absolutely. I mean, as small business owners, especially in like an industry as niche down as the equine industry, you can really feel like you're kind of on your own little island out there trying to figure out and navigate. So if you can find your people and you can find other people that really have a mentality, kind of an abundance mentality, you know, believing that we can work together and bring the industry up as opposed to have, you know, this hard competition all the time and drag the industry back down, it can make such a difference in how positive you can be about being a business owner in this industry. Oh, for sure. I love that. So, all right. So over time, as you've created more photography and imagery that you've started doing for businesses. Now tell me this before I ask this question to clarify, when we say businesses, are you talking about all businesses, specifically equine businesses? Um, You're noticing there's a need for imagery for businesses. How are you feeling that need? And what is that looking like? Well, of course, in any industry, I mean, if we look around us right now, we can probably within hands reach, reach out to um, see, pick up some type of marketing material or something that has that where an image has been used to market, right? Mm-hmm. So it just even in hands reach, get in the car, we're driving down the road, we're seeing billboards, we're seeing marketing everywhere. So in my opinion, I feel like the images that equine businesses use to represent their brand are as important as any first impression. And sometimes they are the first impression. That can be the reason literally that someone who is scrolling through social media stops, takes a moment to read a caption. Or the reason that someone selects your business's website to view when they're searching on Pinterest or, or Google. That image can be the, the reason that someone actually hears the words that you need to say. Um, what I often see happen, I feel like in the in equine-based um is that equine-based business owners spend a lot of time perfecting their copy. So they'll spend a lot of time creating that perfect caption that sends just the right message. But then the visual content is an afterthought. You know, something like, oh, I've created these amazing words. Now I need to look through my phone and I need to find a picture to go with it. And the truth (laughs) is I'm guilty of this too, Uh right? I mean, we stress over the caption and then it's like any pretty picture will fill fill the void or sometimes even a not so pretty picture, right? Mm-hmm. Can fill that can fill that right. void. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I've definitely seen um, you know, the good, the bad and the ugly in some ways. I mean, the I see um a lot of amazing horse trainers, um tack companies. I'll talk a little bit about a tack company. I have an example for it later, but um using images where if you're an an equestrian and you love your horse and you're thinking about using the product or using the experience. And then you show a picture where the horse is going through the experience, but their, their expression is lackluster. The Hmm. image is poor quality. Um, There's a blinding bright spot in the background that your eye keeps getting drawn to. Um, You know, you're looking at someone who's probably spent a lot of time creating the right copy, but they haven't spent as much time thinking about the image or they really don't know that the image they're using is just not a great image that's going to bring their message further. 
Okay. I think that last part is so key. What you just said that they don't know. I think for a lot of people, they just, we don't know what we don't know. And so that's why I'm so grateful to have people like you on this podcast to share some of those practical insights. Cause some of us can look at an image and just know like if it's good or bad and can't maybe put into words why, right? So there might be some people listening that, that know how to select a good image, but they don't really have a criteria necessarily. They just know because they know, right. And they couldn't really teach somebody else. So I love that you're here to share some really practical ways that people can look at their images and also be intentional. Hopefully they can take what you're sharing and intentionally create images that will have that desired effect. So that's awesome. Okay. All right. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, you know, when as equestrians or as equine business owners, when you're telling the story of your business or of your product or of the service or experience, you know, you have a really specific person that you want to tell that story to. And that person needs to feel an alignment, you know, when they're experiencing your marketing. And that's everything from seeing the image all the way through the moment that they walk into your store, your shop, or they hire you for the experience they need with working with your horse. Um, and that image needs to connect to them. Um, a great example that I have is I work with multiple tech companies. They'll contact me. They'll send me products to photograph so that they can have a consistent website um, website flow and then assist a consistent social media imagery so that you can really flow seamlessly from one of those platforms to the other and it still looks like the same company. Um, I had a company contact me recently, and at first contact, they said they've noticed on their social feeds a trend um, that when they share an image that was sent to them by a client of a client's horse maybe wearing the tack, for example, um, it was captured usually on a cell phone or maybe by someone who doesn't really understand how to make the product and animal look attractive versus when they use thoughtfully created brand-aligned images created by a professional photographer or that they've obtained through stock imagery, that they saw a big increase in the number of interactions on their social pages. So they could see a stark difference in images that were, you know, thoughtfully created versus images that were snapshots that people have taken of their horses and the product. You know, your client doesn't care who created the image. They care about how the image makes them feel and if they feel connected to that image. Oh, that's so, so true. All of that's so true. And when you talked about that alignment, you know, so Mm -hmm. often it is the social media gets a lot of times the extra effort when it comes to imagery. And then the website is an afterthought. And so a lot of times, you know, you might see this beautiful feed. You click on the link to visit their website and then you're kind of blown away, right? At least that's happened to me. I've been blown away by a few websites and going, (laughs) really? There's these have such beautiful because some people will, they will invest in a professional photographer for their social media and forget to use those even on their website or in their flyers or their advertisements or all the different places. So, so what you're sharing here, yes, applies to all of these things. So you have some really common themes or elements that every marketing image should include that I'm really excited that you're going to share with us. So start with that first one. What is the first thing that should be in every marketing image? Absolutely. I've got three pretty solid focus points that I think people consider. The first one is that they sh- it, your image needs to tell a focus story. First of all, it has to be visually appealing. And that can look different for anything. The color should be right. The product should be coloring colored appropriately. Um, the animal in the picture, so the horse, for example, for most equine businesses, it should have a pleasing look on its face that 
makes it seem like it's enjoying the process, right? Um, it really should be visually appealing. It also, you also need to consider things about being relevant to the times. Um, so the images need to be current. They need to look like images that were taken today. Unless you're sharing some story about something in the past, your images should be current. And that includes things like keeping in mind special events, holidays, um, and even current events. You know, so if you're shooting during the time of a pandemic and you're trying to talk about a message, maybe some of your models in the um, images would have mask, face masks on, right? So you're really thinking about things that are happening in the world today. And you're also being sensitive um, and, and thoughtful of things that are happening in the world today. Um, and then you want to think about having a combination of staple images versus transitional and seasonal images. So images that are kind of staple that you can use all the time, maybe use them on your website, you use them on your social media, you can pull them out when you need to, but then also having those, some of those images that transition through the seasons, whatever those seasons look like for your, for your business. Um, you also want to consider who are the characters of your story, right? Um, things like using inclusive imagery that shows clients from all different walks of life enjoying the service or using the product that you sell. Um, one of the things I like to tell people when I'm meeting with them and we're planning their commercial sessions is I'll say, you know, your client might look really different from you. They might have differing abilities. Um, so you want to make sure that you're including imagery that represents this. Um, images can show different cultures, ethnicities, abilities, age, sexual orientation, marital status, religion. I can go on forever with all the isms, but you know, people should be able to see themselves in your product or service. So really thinking about that. And sometimes that means bringing in somebody and kind of talking through what that could look like for you. And then the last part of this one, because I say tells a focus story, it's going to sound crazy, but the item should be in focus. So the viewer's eye what that means is the viewer's eyes should be able to find the product or the service or the experience that you're trying to portray to equestrians, right? So what professional photographers understand is how the viewer's eye will travel across an image and what the eye is most likely going to be drawn to. And then they'll take that into account when composing the image to make sure that the eye isn't being drawn to some random bright spot in the picture. Instead, it's being drawn to the action that's taking place in the image, the message that the business owner is trying to share or the product in use, something along those lines. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. That's so much, so much goodness there that I I'm taking notes so that I can put this in the show <laughs> notes. So everybody listening, you'll be able to go to stormlily.com slash 40 and get some of the highlights from this, uh, in case you're a note taker too, and you want to be able to go back and apply this. Um, but so that your image needs to tell a focused story and there's so much inside of that, that we there can pull is. out and have a conversation about that. But I think that big one that you just said at the end, that their eye should be able to easily find the item. Yes. I think that's such a helpful point. All of these are, but that one specifically for our business owners that are listening that maybe haven't yet hired a professional photographer that can do this for them. So if you're using your phone to take pictures, then pay attention to this one, especially because so often you're just taking a picture of the whole picture or I'm sorry, the whole story. You're trying to tell the whole story in one picture instead of breaking it down maybe and honing in on a few different things that you're really trying to focus on. So I love that idea. I think that can inspire some really neat photos that also could be a little more unique to help tell your story versus looking the same as everybody else's when they're scrolling through on their social media feed. So well, those are so good. 
I like to encourage people too to think about the images as, you know, you're not just creating one image. Maybe you could create a series of images that tell that story that you can use to continue because think about it. Your client needs to see you how many times before they potentially are ready to make a purchase from you. So having images from some different angles, some close-ups, somewhere you back away, um, having the eye to look at the scene critically before you take the picture and say, you know what, that dirty white water bucket sitting in the background, if that's in the picture, that's probably where my client's eye is going to go, even though all this amazing, incredible stuff is happening up here. So yeah, absolutely. I'm encouraging people to just step back and take a look at that scene first. Okay. I love that. So honestly, I have an, a client that is taking a picture of herself uh, for us to use on one of her pages. And I actually told her, if you're going to have horses in the background, just do me a favor and make sure it's the front of the horse and not the back. And she <laughs> laughed. And I said, you would be surprised. You'd be surprised that because people, like you just said, don't look at the scene. Cause obviously I don't have people that are standing at the butt of their horse and taking a selfie. However, I have had pictures come to me for like a website project or something like that, where it's the horse might be 20 feet behind, but it's definitely the rear end. And that's where the eye is going because of the way the picture was taken. Yeah. So it is that idea of looking at the scene and trying to see it from the viewer's perspective that we often overlook that step. But if we can just stop and do that, that'll make a big difference. All right. What is our second one? Okay. So the next thing I like to tell people to think about when they're considering images for their marketing is, is this image consistent with your brand or your message and your message? So first of all, does it show your ideal client, which are some of those folks we mentioned up above? You know, I'm sure most people have created some kind of avatar or just a thought of what their ideal client is, right? So does this image show your ideal client? Um, Does the image use consistent colors um, that fit with your overall social social media scheme and layout? I hate to break it to you guys, but you do not have to have like one filter that you slap on every single image to make your social media look gorgeous, right? You don't have to do that. You probably feel like you do, but you don't because even though people are telling you, you do (laughs) just think about the images that you're creating and think about the colors that are in that image. If your colors are, you know, teal and greens and browns, or if they're pastels, then have your models wearing something that complements that, that doesn't contrast with it. Um, Just start thinking about that consistently. Um, And then I also have people think about things like having a good balance of image to copy ratio. What that means for an image and for a photographer is that you need to make sure that when you're creating the images that you maybe have multiple versions of that image um, shot, maybe some shot long ways at landscape, or maybe some shot, um, you know, in more of a portrait look, but you want to have multiple versions so that you have room for branding and message. You want to have a place to slap that logo or your website, or maybe you want to put a, you know, an adorable quote or something with it. You need to have room for that. Um, I have definitely in my early years made mistakes where I've filled the frame with with something pretty magical and then had the client come back to me and say, but where do I put the logo? Do I put it over the person's face, over the horse's face? Where do I put it? Right? You have to think about yeah, these things. Yeah, that's so good. And so think about that, having multiple um, versions and then leaving room for copy. And then is is it in keeping with your businessality? So does this image keep with your businessality? And this word always cracks me up. And I'll t- mention my co-host for the Business Animal podcast soon. But when she talks about businessality, it makes me laugh because she talks about how um, when people come to her, they need to understand that she is going to be wearing 
cowboy boots, she's not going to be wearing high heels, right? So you want to make sure that the images they represent who you are as a bit and who your business is, that they're not portraying something that is totally unrealistic to what's going to be happening when people come to your business. Um, And then the image should contribute to the reader's understanding of your company's message. So you want to make sure that you're continuing your message. You're not confusing the person who's viewing or reading, and it's not conflicting with that. Um, I think that, you know, it's it's really easy for people to see a really pretty picture and say, oh, I love that. I want to I want to put that on my page or I want to share that. But if it is going to take away from your message in some way or it's going to take away from where you need your your people, your potential consumers to go to eventually make a purchase, which is what we all want. Right. Um, We need to make sure that our images are constantly reinforcing that. And then this is a pretty critical one here, guys. Um, You know, if you're thinking about using any of these images for commercial content, so if you're going to use them to sell a product, um, to to get people to use your services, you really need to think about things like um, permission that might be required from property owners, from artists, and from recognizable people in the images. So I say, you know, some of the things that people don't often think about um, is that if you are going to use that product to sell something, you've got to think about those model releases, property releases. Um, And when I'm talking about proper releases, I'm talking about things like you're photographing someone's animal. Animals are property. You know, do you have, do you need to have a property release from that um, animal's owner? Um, Do you have, where are you shooting? Think about where you're shooting. Are you at a venue or a public space that you might need a permit? Um, Are you at a barn or a local stable? Um, And do you have permission to shoot there? And do you have a release for the property? Um, I also would encourage people to think about things like um, tattoo work, artwork, graffiti, those types of things that are in the background of images. They could potentially require releases as well. So it's always, this is something that comes up a lot and I don't think people think about it, but it could land you in legal trouble down the line. So it's always awesome to to just double check and make sure that the place space that you're using, the um, animals that you're photographing, the people that you're photographing, that you have your, your, your legal side of things in line. Um, okay. That, can I stop you on that one? Yes, It's a big (laughs) one. That's a big one. That is a big one. And I had an episode, um, very early on this year about equine photography. She talked some about the release and she gave an example of a friend of hers that had a problem when somebody took their photos and used it commercially without asking. Um, so that's so interesting. So here's a, here's a use case scenario that I'd love you to speak into. All right. So you're talking tech companies, right? Or even clothing companies, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. They're at an event. They're at a rodeo. They're at a show. They take pictures there of their clients or with their clients or with their customers that are using their stuff. And they post it on social media. Are you saying those types of people need to have a release in their back pocket? Public events are something that is in its own category. So those that's, that's a little different. I'm talking about when you're setting up something to sell your own product. Um, so like I shoot for tech companies, so I do a lot of like cinches, um, breast collars, that sort of thing. And Uh when I'm shooting those products, I'll photograph that breast collar, but I try to do it at an angle where you may or may not be able to tell what the brand of the saddle is or the saddle pad is. If that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Cause it could run into trouble down the line with competing brands and that sort of thing. 
Okay. That's an interesting, that's a good use case scenario. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Thanks for letting me stop you there. Go ahead with your other points. No problem. And I want to tell people that stock photography is totally another great option. So if you're looking for images, maybe you're not ready or at a place yet where you want to have a photo shoot for your business right now. Um, That may be something you're ready to do later, but right now you just need a couple hero images to put on that website to make it look amazing that you can then use on your social media feed you know, just to get you rolling. Um, that's okay. So, you know, that's a great place to use those stock images. Um, so you can absolutely find great stock imagery out there. Um, but one of the things that's really important is having an idea of the type of image that you need and the things that you need to be looking for. Um, and so I do have a checklist, um, that I'll send to you, Denise, if that's helpful that you can share with your audience. And it's a, real easy way so that when someone's cruising through a stock image site and they're looking for the perfect equine image that they can kind of be checking off as they go making sure it's something like does it fit my color scheme you know does it does yeah, it show right. the the what i needed to show because let's face it licensing images is not it's not always cheap and if you're out there taking images off of Google and putting them on your website, that's not, that's not. Yeah, please don't do that. <laughs> please yeah. don't do that. I've seen it. Yeah. And yes, yeah. A screenshotting <laughs> does not make it yours if you took a screenshot of it. Right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. being able to kind of check off before you push that license button and then you get money involved um, can be super helpful. And hopefully it'll save some folks out there that are just trying to up their game, save them a little money on the end by not spending money on licensing images that are just not right for their business. And, you know, I'm going to add to that. Well, for what I'm going to plug you because you didn't kindly, but I'm going to because I know that you have stock photos available on your website, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I will link to that in our show notes as well. And then uh, Shelly Paulson is another photographer that has a stock photo library because I know that one of the issues with stock photos that are just, you know, your general like shutter stock and things like that, some of those equine photos um, are, I won't say bad, but kind of going back to like using your, your products correctly <laughs> or yes. having, you know, like some of those, you know, are not going to match maybe what a lot of equine businesses are looking for. Um, so I love that you have a photography option or a stock photography option and that Shelly does as well, um, yes. for people that are not to that place yet, but also who can't find what they need on the free side well, in terms of free stock photos, or even the paid ones from some of those other companies that aren't specializing in equine businesses. That's absolutely the benefit of going to a site like the Fast Horse Photography Stock Image site or Shelly's site. She does a beautiful job of stock imagery. And the great thing about that is that both of those sites are 100% focused on equines and equestrians and the images are captured by horse owners, by people who have spent their lives around horses. So, you know, you're going to find images there that are much more true to the equestrian experience. Um, and yeah, I, I have definitely been on other stock sites that are um, more standard stock sites. And I just laugh at some of the pictures of horses and stuff. And um, I know mm-hmm. that they're being used somewhere out there. <laughs> I hope on none of the true? savvy business owners that are listening. (laughs) Right. Exactly. They're going to get on there and go, no, that is not how you ride. Yeah, Um, yeah. (laughs) exactly. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, I jumped in there. Did you have other points that you were continuing on there, Kara? Nope. I think that's, I think that wraps up number two. 
Okay. Awesome. All right. What's number three. Okay. So number three, and definitely my favorite point that I want folks to consider is that the images that you use in your marketing for your equestrian business, they really should evoke emotion and action. Um, they really should speak to the desires of your target audience. So coming back to, you know, the person that you want to serve, what is it that they want to get from your business? You know, what is that one liner that you promise to, you know, serve your community with? How does your, how do your images portray that? And the image really should have a clear call to action. And just like I said earlier, you don't want your image and your copy to compete with each other. They need and to tell conflicting stories. They really should both take the viewer and the reader along the same journey and they should say the same message. So if you've got your image saying one thing and your copy saying something else, it can be very confusing to potential consumers. And then your image it really should make the viewer want to be the protagonist in the image. Like they want to be that person. They want to be that girl walking her horse out to pasture or dropping the feed, you know, using that fancy brush or wearing that gorgeous equestrian outfit. You know, they want you make that image look like something that that client potential client wants to be. Um, and then the last point of this with the evoking emotion and action is the action part of it. It needs to easily, that image needs to easily tie to the next best step for your target client. When it comes down to it, that's what this is all about. Like we are business owners for a reason. It's not because we love spending time with our horses. Maybe that's how we got started. But the reality is we have bills to pay, right? We have, a, we want to run a successful business. And so the whole purpose of your marketing is going to be to get that potential consumer to become a client, to get them to take that next step and make a purchase. Absolutely. Okay. I would love for you to share if you can. Um, when you say, so I'm trying to think for our audience, when they hear you say the image should have a clear call to action. Can you give an example of what that would actually look like? Because when I talk oftentimes on the podcast, of course, about call to action, it's using your verbiage, right? Your copy to say, schedule a call now or download this freebie, whatever it is. How does your image have a clear call to action? What does that look like? So that could look like a horse that has been, maybe you're telling the story of a horse that has been not feeling well, maybe it's been lame and you've got the product that's going to fix that or the service that's going to fix that. And then the horse is having a successful first show back. You know, that could be something, the storytelling side of that. It could be someone that's scooping a supplement into a feed to help increase the performance of their horse. Um, it could be that perfect new um, shoulder relief cinch that, you know, your horse is needed so that it can move better. Um, it could be any of those types of things. Your, but your imagery needs to support and be a part of that call to action. You bet. Okay. That makes perfect sense. Yep. What you said, you want them to look at that and say, yes, that's what I want. That's yes. what I need. And I love what you said too, because this is all, you're so good at the marketing side and marrying these two things together because it is, as we know who our best fit audience is, then we can look at our images through that filter, right? And use them as the filter and say, okay, what is it they want to see? What end result are they going for? That's what I need to show them because we can show pretty pictures all day long. But like you said, if it doesn't tell a story, if it doesn't pull them in, if it doesn't make them say, that's me, I identify with that, or that's my horse, you know, scroll right on by. Exactly. Look for the person that does represent them, that they do see themselves in. 
Exactly. Yep. Absolutely. These are all so, so good. Thank you so much, Kara, for sharing your insights. I know that this is really going to help people. Like I said, whether you all listening are taking your photos yourself right now on your camera or your phone, or you're working with a professional photographer, this is going to help you know which photos to use. Well, it's also going to help you know how to guide the person that's taking your photos so that when they ask you questions about what are you trying to accomplish at that shoot, then you'll be able to tell them some of this information. I would also add that, you know, if you're out there and you're responsible for procuring images for your business, maybe you work in a marketing department or maybe you work for somebody and they're like, go find some images. Knowing this kind of stuff can give you also a better argument to go to bat for your images. So you can sit down and say, this is why I like this image. And you can be educated about more than just, I think it's a pretty picture. So right. Exactly. Yeah. Removes that subjectivity in some ways. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fantastic. All right. So we've got our three points. Is there anything else that maybe didn't fit in any of your bullet points that you think my listeners should know about their marketing images? I think the big thing is that, um, you know, at the business animal, we created a marketing image checklist that we really hope and think assists equine business owners in selecting the perfect images for their marketing needs. And if you're um, okay with that, Denise, I am happy to share that with your audience. So that would be yes. the only thing is I'm happy to add that, um, send that to you guys. Yes, absolutely. We would love that. So yes, I'll have that link over at the show notes at stormlily.com. And then of course, I'll have all the links where everybody can meet you and get to your website and see what you're doing on social and find your stock photography business as well. But would you go ahead and verbally tell them for those that don't visit the shows and just like to do it themselves? Can you verbally tell them where they can find you online? Absolutely. Um, I'm with Fast Horse Photography. So you can find me at Fast Horse Photography on Instagram and Facebook. And my website is fasthorsephotography.com, where you can also find a direct link to thousands of ready to download equine and equestrian focused images, perfect for marketing your horse business. You can also find myself and my podcast co-host, Kim Beer of Be More Business at The Business Animal on Instagram and Facebook and at thebusinessanimal.com, anywhere you like to listen to podcasts. Yes. Perfect. I'm so glad you mentioned that. I talked about that in the intro for sure, but I'm glad that you mentioned that as well. And I'll make sure and provide a link to the podcast there. And so I had the pleasure of being on your all's podcast. And so I'm excited to have you guys on mine as well. So Kim will be on later in the year talking about some things that are close to her heart when it comes to marketing also. Absolutely. It's been so fun. Thanks for having me today. Yes. Thank you so much, Kara. Okay, what did I tell you? Isn't Kara fantastic? I know that you're walking away with some really practical and actionable tips for selecting your marketing images. And I want to make sure that you do get access to that marketing image checklist that Kara talked about. So be sure to head to the show notes at stormlily.com slash 39. And I will have a link there. And of course, I'll also have a link to Kara's website and the stock photography sites that we talked about as well. So friends, I thank you so much for joining me here. If you have not signed up for my emails yet, I invite you to do that because each week I will let you know when there's a new episode and what we are talking about. And anytime I come up with a freebie, then you will be the first to know as well. And then of course, if you have not subscribed or followed the podcast, then do that so that you can get those notifications through your phone and you won't miss an episode. All right. Thank you so much for joining me here. I hope you're having a great summer and a great week, and I will see you here again next week. 